Hello and welcome to the French End Podcast. I'm here with some regular podders. I say regular, it's been a while since the last one, unfortunately. But let's go around and uh, quickly introduce ourselves. So I'm Liam. Paul. Fraser. Simon. Lovely, and that's everyone. We did nearly have a fifth new member, but on her last training session she got injured, so she's not in the... Yeah, it's happened a few times this season, which we'll come on to shortly. Um, as usual, we've got a swear jar in the middle, um, and that is for uh, any swearing, but double tax for the C-bomb, and that does include um, our former manager a few times ago now. What's it? <laughs> oh, wow. <There's> a <laughs> Potentially in the future, but he might be mentioned a couple of times in this one. Um, uh, and for the also double tax for the, the place down the other end of the A420. So, it's been a while since the last one. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Uh, we wanted to uh, wait until the end of the transfer deadline um, so that we knew exactly what was going on. Um, but we don't. So, uh, no, we don't, we don't fully with everything, but we know who we've signed and who hasn't gone. That's good news. We'll come on to that. But let's kick off with the game against Wigan. Oh, that was, um, I think we lost. Oh, did we? Yeah. It was a while ago, so I can't quite remember. No, yeah. But, uh, record-breaking defeat. Mm. Um, was it record-breaking? It wasn't levelling. Was it, re- it was record-breaking, was it? It was break. I think the last one was 7-1 seven seven oh, in the league. We and I think it was their record away win as well. <clears throat> Someone should probably question that manager. Well, where is he? <laughs> uh, where is he now? Who knows? Um, uh, I think it's... Well, I know it's never good to lose 7-0, but... To lose and deserve to lose 7-0 is sort of a step above, isn't it? I don't think anyone expected us to beat Wigan that day. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ, it was, it was utterly embarrassing. Um, right, so uh, there, was, there was that game, and I'm sure we'll, we'll mention that a few times throughout the podcast. Uh, there were then uh, another few games. We, we drew the next one, didn't we? And then uh, we, we won some, we lost some. Uh, we won two home games in a row, uh, MK Dons and Blackpool. Uh, MK Dons, I think we, we probably deserved the win. Uh, Blackpool, I don't think we did. Yeah, I remember, seem to remember that being a bit, pretty bad game that we sort of nicked a winner in and yeah. left thinking, oh yeah, that was great. And then when you actually thought about it, no, it was, it was still actually pretty rubbish. Yeah, it was a <coughs> bad game and, and you sort of try and convince yourself, um, oh, well, if you play badly and win, that's a good thing. And then we went away to Warsaw and played well and lost. Um, um, I thought we played all right. I well, we played we were, better uh, than we did against yeah. Blackpool or Wigan. We, we completely <laughs> fell asleep for their first goal and it was a comedy of errors for the second one. But. Yeah, I think it was, it was... We were the better team except for two stupid mistakes. Yeah. Um, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And then we played bottom of the league, Barry. Now... I've been told to shush a bit about this one. <laughs> I'm not going to. Who told you to shush? Uh, it was the former manager, Pep Clotet. Um, so he, uh, so that that game again, it's one thing to lose to bottom in the league because um, they're they're fighting for everything, and you know they they will win the occasional game because they're they're fighting for that. But we fully deserved to lose, mm. and we were the the second best team on That's the day so. by a mile. I think like. And, and it's not just how bad we were, it's the fact that the fans weren't great because they were watching a rubbish game of football with absolutely no movement 
And then when you go 1-0 up against bottom in the league... Against as, the run of play. Against the run of play. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be shushed by the manager. I, I wasn't a booer. Or the goal scorer. No. I, I can forgive it more for someone... Because he's got less authority for a player. Mm. And footballers aren't renowned for their intelligence. Sorry to any footballers listening. Um, but he's meant to manage. Like, the, the players are meant to look up to him. And he's segregating the, the team from the fans at that point. Um, did, who else saw him do it? Yeah, I yeah. didn't see the manager do it. I saw Henry do it. I can't, you can't really see the manager from where I sit. I, one of these things with... with the, the atmosphere was poor. We, you know, it, was, it was like fans were waiting for players to make mistakes. It, yeah. was, it was... And... And you can kind of understand players reacting to abuse or negativity from the stands and, and yeah. reacting to it. They shouldn't, but you can kind of, okay, well, if the fans are going to give it, you've also got to expect it back at times from players. Mm -hmm. yeah. But to do it when you've scored a goal against a team like Berry, who not won, didn't, haven't scored in seven or eight games prior to that, it's like, no, don't, don't do it when you scored the first goal do it when you're 5-0 up yeah. against the team like that but yeah, to, do it and to, lose. to do it and lose you just you end up looking silly and it and it won't endear you to the fans you know you, no. the players should kind of realize hang on we we've not been performing and we need to perform mm. and going 1-0 up you know not playing brilliantly we're getting a goal we'll, no go head down back you know start again but don't don't start shushing people. The two gestures they were quite different from each other. I felt okay because Peps was very over the top, and he made he a was, point <coughs> of doing it. Right. He looked like he was relieving a lot of frustration that mm. he was clearly feeling he, he was being unfairly jeered and booed. And I I, I I wasn't one of the booers, but I I thought we were awful. We were. I, we were. I didn't terrible. I didn't sit and boo, but. If if he asked me, you know, he, he often came to me for advice. If he asked me for my <laughs> so honest your opinion, fault. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was Simon who said that. Um, but if he asked me, I'd have said that was, as most fans, it was a terrible performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. and the really funny thing about it is that we were actually going to see it out, and we would have left going, oh, we won one nil, but it really wasn't great. And someone who's not been great, but actually had not an awful game for once, Dwight Tiandali, suddenly turned and. Launch this ball back at Simon Eastwood, who had to put it out for a corner. Uh, throw in or a corner? Throw in. Throw in. Yeah. And, then, and then, oh, there we go, they slip a goal in. I mean, oh, the what, defending what for was that. he even thinking, knocking that ball back? That Why? And that just showed to me a whole team mindset that was so negative. And but our whole performance that game was pass it along the back four. Once the crowd get on your back and tell you to lump it, you lump it. There's no movement up top, so it then comes back to you. You yeah. win the ball back, you pass it along the back four, you lump it forward. And that's what we watched for 80 minutes until Team Dali <laughs> sort of gave them the assist. It was bad for Team Dali, but I mean, the throw... To concede to, from a throw is... The throw, terrible. but also it, he was completely free. There was no challenge on him whatsoever. In the middle of the box, right, you know, six-yard box. So in as the middle bad of the goal, as Tian was, was, his mistake should not have led to that goal because we should easily have defended that throw-in. And then we we gave them an absolute sitter for the second. One thing I would like to point out in terms of players giving something to the fans and managers giving something to the fans in terms of gestures, 
the um, the Barry goalkeeper Ripley, who I cannot stand, when he gestured to the fans, he turned to the Barry fans who are bottom of the league and tried to get them going and sort of lifted mm. them up. And I don't know how to explain that <laughs> for a podcast. Yeah. But um, sort of like he's wafting a fart. <laughs> that's the best I can do. He might well have been. He might have been, yeah. But that's what we needed. Had Henry scored, gone up to the crowd and got everyone going, yeah. like Lundstrom did at Wembley last yeah. year, yeah. had Quartet done that, yeah. the fans would have been on their side for the next 20 minutes. Mm. And, and instead, there was a massive it's wedge. And also, I agree with what you said about your opinion of Conor Ripley, but his attitude is one thing we have lacked massively in our squad this season. Uh, a wind-up merchant. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone who isn't afraid to, you know, sort of not, not unsportingly think, get in the rest of the I think some of our bit. fans have been wound up by our team. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and I'm not saying that this should be a big part of the game, but every time there's a decision against Oxford... There's, there's nobody questioning any decision. There's no fight in the team. It's just like, I, yeah, I, all right. And I'm all for respect for officials, right? But you have to we play, all know a certain part of the game, exactly, yeah. is playing the game. You know, we all know mm-hmm. that. I think one player who has been doing it recently is Massinho. Yeah. But you hear fans going, Massinho, get back and defend. Leave the ref alone. Go and get, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think you're right. Yeah. They need the Walsall goal. The, the yeah, absolutely. First and second goal from yeah. the free That's kick. The one I was thinking of when I there was a free actually, kick, yeah. and we just went. I oh, will let you take it, rather than right. Go and stand on the ball and stop and taking a quick one. Yeah, we were we were far too nice, yeah. um, and we gave them all the time in the world to take that quick free yeah. kick. Which you've you've got to you've got to say that comes and goes with management, doesn't it? Like yeah. Phil Browns will always yeah. do that game, and game argue until yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe it's something that wasn't in Clotets sort of repertoire Maybe, yeah. which is admirable well, but it's not the it game is, but then we all at know the same it. time <laughs> Williamson hasn't been playing so much but Massinho um, Henry Thomas Abika they're experienced Prince, players yeah, yeah. they they know that this needs to happen and and you can't just oh the manager didn't tell me to so I'm not going to bother yeah um, however something that that happened after that game uh, was that Pat Clotet got fired, which was... Did uh, he? He did, yeah. Oh. Sorry, yeah, I was going to mention that did earlier. He when, he, <laughs> when you said departed, I wanted to point out that he's not dead. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, did it sound like that? He left us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just on a plane. No, he, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, Pep, Pep went, and um, quite a bit has changed since then. Prior to him leaving, we did bring in some players, so uh, Rob Dickey came in, um, Buckley Ricketts came in and Brannigan came in and that's much more the signing we're used to seeing over the last few years they're all young they've, they've all got plenty of um, potential and they're sought after in the industry um, Brannigan in particular and he's a permanent signing so that's, that's mm. great um, as is Dickey and then uh, Payne went back and then went back out to Blackburn how do we feel about Payne going? A month beforehand, it was a disaster, but he had been playing out on the left, and although he was good there, because he's an amazing player, to get a winger in that position, I think, would be better for what we were trying to play, because when we play him, everything was going through him. When he plays for uh, Blackburn, you're going to have him 
going through the middle. You're going to have people being a threat out wide. He's going to get more space because he's got better players around him that will want to be marked. Whereas if you're playing Oxford United, you mark. You're, yeah, you're right. Um, Everything so went through yeah. him. So it was after a while, but we'd work, teams had worked us out. Yeah, we, we had, had to change it. the way we were playing because we had, although we didn't have him necessarily through the middle, creating everything, we had a more over threat. Yeah, so, sort of more, more all round. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, if, pains, if, But if Brannigan, not seen him play yet, you know, he's, he's got a bit of a knock, but if he's going to be a direct replacement for Payne, it makes sense to let Payne go back and have somebody a who's our own side, player yeah. who, you know, let him play. And if well, he's described similar as a replacement for Lundstrom, wasn't he? Right. Um, apparently that's who they wanted to sign when Lundstrom went. Right, well, we'll see anyway. When he, when he does yeah. start playing, yeah. we'll see what he's like. Um, so... Pep's gone, Faz is currently in charge. Um, he managed to do something that neither Pep nor Map did, uh, which is not give us the Wembley dilemma. <laughs> and he got us out of the, the cup. Kind of, because you never want your team to lose, but you're not. I wasn't that disappointed that we'd gone out, especially yeah. with the situation with the manager, and you don't need the distraction. Let's yeah. concentrate on. I, I don't, we're not in a relegation, but we're not going to go into the playoffs. But you don't want to let the season drift away. No. And I think concentrate on the league position now. And the one thing that worried no me is a, a trip to Wembley is a good thing to say to Ledson and Eastwood when they're looking maybe, oh, I could be in the championship. Yeah. Well, stick us out to the end of the season. You get to go to Wembley. That's something, that's something nice to do. Yes, you did it last mm. season, but actually win it this time. Um, however, that turned out not to be the case at all. They didn't go, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. And I think, in a way, those have been our best signings. <laughs> and there's an incentive to get to Wembley in May. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've we've had the transfer deadline day. We brought in um, Ashley Smith Brown and Todd Kane, a left back and a right back. Um, positions we needed covering. Absolutely. We so badly need a right back. It's unreal. I mean, I don't think Dwight's up to the challenge. I might be proved wrong because he's shown flashes of being a good player. Um, and Candice Carroll's not a right back, is he? And he, he's got he's got a bit to I learn. Don't know. I, I think, think he's, he's a bad player. But I think he's got a good future. It's just oh, you always. Yeah. I was always worried with him that. I'm waiting he, for him to see through gets, someone. And yeah, get when him, he gets, gets suspended, yeah. what will we do? Yeah. So. Yeah, he also did get caught out of position a fair few times, which is okay if you've got Nelson next to him covering. Mm. But if he's caught out of position and next to him you've got two centre-backs um, centre who are trying to cover each other as well, it was just, our, our defence has been a mess. Talking centre-backs, I, I agree with one of them leaving to go out alone. I wouldn't have personally chosen Raglan. Uh, no, I I sort of I, I was looking around Twitter, which is where I get all my insight for football, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, but someone said about both Dicky and Raglan need game time, and you can't give them both tester game time at the same uh, during the same matches, which I understand. They then went on to say that we should have only sent them out for a month, which you can't do. So the whole season's the only option. It is half season, whole season, though, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose you could have 
potentially sent him. I think if you go to a conference yeah, club, like but he's yeah, going to yeah. be too. You, you want him playing at a better standard uh, than yeah. conference, or he's you know because I, yeah. I look Sam Long's out at a conference club at the moment, isn't he? So maybe yeah. they've looked at okay, well Raglan can go out if we get a couple of injuries. Mm. Sam Long could come back, and Canise Carroll can play in the yeah. back as well. So there's a little bit of flexibility also, there. So fitness wise, we've got Williamson, uh, Massinho, Martin, Dickey. Ashley Smith Brown. Yeah. Sort of three boring surnames. Yeah. Like they're firm solicitors, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but meant to be a great player, and we love him. Okay. Uh, he's also um, both footed. I know it's ambidextrous for hands. I don't know what it is for feet. Foot bidextrous. <laughs> I just looked it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks for that, Frater. <laughs> yes, um, also, Fernandez left. Wigan. Against him, we're mentioning that again. Yeah, um, he was very much exposed. He, wasn't he? he kind of made a bad pass, and then <laughs> for, for seventy of the minutes, and then the fans kind of got on his back a little bit. But he didn't respond to that positively, and the next pass was bad, and whatever he couldn't cope with the negative kind of. Well, I say negative. The general tone of football fans he couldn't cope with that atmosphere I, I, which is a shame because when you've played for Barcelona you must have something about him I just he, don't think mentally he had, no you're right he had he technical ability mm. you, clearly, you know, he scored a couple of goals didn't he yeah. you know, he spraying passes around and, it, and it was given time he looked like, like a player who, who clearly had good technical ability but didn't mm. have the, the physical attributes or possibly the mental attributes I don't know to to compete in Division Three football, where yeah. you've got, you need to be quick with the ball. You need to get in and tackle. The thing is, as well, of all the signings we made during the summer, you know, there were a couple. Oh, Henry's quite a good player. I think. Oh, we're, we're signing players from Barcelona. Yeah. What's going on? You know, and it was a quite a look at us. We're signing players from Barcelona, and then yeah. it was like, oh dear, yeah, it didn't didn't work out for him, did it? It's on, a shame. It's, on a player that you just mentioned, then. And he's definitely going to score a hat trick this weekend because I'm about to say this. I, I, I still a bit let down with James Henry. Yeah. And I, 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 about ten games in, I thought, no, 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 I've got to give him more time than this. I haven't seen it yet, but I've got to give him more time. Where is the guy that we were sold in the summer? Where you know, I mean, I remember him signing. It was massive, yeah. like hype about, like, what's a great signing? And it, it looked like a great signing, but I don't know. What does everyone think? I, I don't think we've really seen what we were. I don't say what we promised, but what we bought, yeah. Well, we he's a he's a creative player, isn't he? In on paper, that's definitely what he is. Well, for the first three months of the season, everything was going through pain, so everything was going down through the middle of the pitch, and not much was coming along and, and cutting inside. And then since then, he's that sort of formation has has been found out, and so there have been there's been no movement at all. So I. I Personally, think that we will see what he can do with the next manager, whoever that is. So I, I think we'll we'll see the the change with the new manager. I hope so because I hope whoever comes in will be playing more positive football. One thing I would like to see change tactically now Pep's gone is uh, Ledson having to run out of his position to do the running for all the other players and close down defenders and so on because the forwards won't do it. That's not going to help your midfield when one of them is doing the forwards job or the defenders job or whatever it is. It's that, leaving a gap somewhere Yeah, else. it's that tactic has to change. <laughs> well, I think that, that was in Lego. That wasn't a, 
Well, it's a thing. It was a, definitely a thing that was mentioned uh, about him. He's got so much energy; mm. they wanted to use it to close down and do all that. I think you look at all all the successful, you know, the sort of Barcelona hunting packs. You know, they mm. the, their forwards don't just go, oh well, I'll let them, mm. you know, mm. the midfield pick up and and sort of the Liverpool team of the eighties. You know, it was sort of like Ian Rush was your first defender. He closed down and closed down the hassle and. Which I, like, I know we, we talk about not, map a lot on this, but that promotion season, as soon as we got the ball, seven or eight players were attacking. Yeah, it mm. wasn't a like oh okay we'll get it up to mm. Roof and he'll do something good. Everyone went forward together, and if you watch the the third goal against Swansea, yeah, it's Maguire and Roof, mm. brilliant guys, absolutely love them. <laughs> that end up the furthest up the pitch, but as we get the ball back, uh, McDonald starts a run. Uh, you're, I'm sh- pretty sure Bulldog will be starting yeah. to run. <laughs> like there, there'll be a, a team of players coming forward. Serkin was always making a run, yeah. but with these these new signings coming in, um, a lot of pace across the pitch. I think we might see that with a lot of the players. You, I don't know how much of the 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 way we've been playing has been down to what Pep has been telling them to do. Yeah, mm. you know, he might well have been saying to the forwards, conserve your energy. You know, stay up front, don't do any. Don't do any running while they like, taking that. But you know, we might now see players. It might whoever's new manager is going to be, or even under Faz, it might be a little bit more simple. Don't try and overcomplicate things. Maybe Pep was doing that because he's used to you know coaching better players, more technical players. That actually no, just roll it back a little bit. Do the simple stuff first, and allow the players to to do simple stuff, mm. and. We've got a good enough squad uh, to, to well, do a lot it. better we than we are. They're good players. players yeah, yeah. We've not got, you know. But what we, you said about Henry does apply to Williamson and yeah. Messinio and yeah. Tian Darley yeah. Uh, yeah. and Mowat. Mm. And Ledton hasn't been as good in the last month or so. Whether that's because he's thought, oh, he seemed to be trying a lot to sort of say goodbye to the fans, potentially. Mm. So whether that was something to do with it, I would say the one player you'd go, Actually, he's had a decent season. Is Thomas when he's been yeah. fit? Because if he's shot, it's tended to be on target, and mm. he's he's scored a fair amount. Mm. But other than that, of of the players that we signed, and some of the players from last season, I I'm sort of feeling the way you do about Henry about a lot. But I, I take on board what you say that perhaps we need to wait until the end of the season to reserve judgment on James Henry because if it's the whole all a lot of the signings we've made. Have uh, seem to have underperformed, and so perhaps that does belong to the person in charge. There's only one that's really kind of shocked us, and kind of we've we've liked, and that's Ricardino. Yeah. yeah, who cannot tackle. That's what we've learned. Yeah, what on earth was he thinking? <laughs> he was, was thinking, it. I'm going to take this guy down. Yeah, and he did. What was lovely about it was how concerned he was for his the guy because he, he you know he got the red card and he started yeah. walking towards the tunnel and then came back and, and it was like their players were thinking hey well he's going to have a go at him here and he was sort of yeah. you right, mate yeah yeah, yeah. You know, well, he, he, really, he went yeah, to do that straight away and the ref sent the, him away yeah. and said that's why he went towards the tunnel and then just ignored that one back <laughs> and checked yeah. is there anyone we'd sort of any position we didn't get that you think we could have done with probably up front yeah but another but attacker equally, yeah but equally we we Every season, oh, we need a 20-goal-a-season striker. And we're, are we sort of 
fifth or sixth highest scorers in the division. You know, we're we're not we're spreading the goals around. Yeah, Thomas has got ten. We, yeah. He could easily end up with fifteen by the end of the season, possibly more. You and know, then if there's it, a big run, seven or eight. Yeah, something like that. but we've got lots of lots of goals around the team. Yeah, it, we're just conceding too many. Defensively, if you look at all of the goals we've conceded in the league this year. There's more this year than I can ever remember where you go, oh, that was a howler, oh, that's a stinker, oh, what's he doing there? We, I, It's quite rare that we can Individual see a goal errors, and I say, oh, yeah, that was a cracking goal, to be fair. That's, yeah. You know, OK, the Wigan game. <laughs> but even like right. three or four of those, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but the Blackburn game at home, we, in, I think three of their four were just awful. And in the first 16 minutes, was it? Yeah. The three yeah. Of that really yeah. Early. Shocker, yeah. Um, which has kind of been a theme against the better teams. Mm. We've either done well or conceded a lot very early. I mean, I think now about that Bradford game at home on the Tuesday night, I, I can't believe that was in the Clotet era. That was, that was one of the best performances mm. I've seen an Oxford team put in, and I'd include the Appleton era in that as well. We were superb that weekend. It was, it was a, a stinker of an end to the game when they levelled it up late on but we were superb that night and there were flashes of brilliance under Pep Peterborough away yeah in, an amazing a, performance yeah. you know we put Pompey down 3-0 at home they're now 7th or 8th in the league they're above us and, you know. so is there is there a chance um, that it was playing devil's advocate here um, Nelson got injured Hall got injured the same week I think Thomas has been out for some of it Argon's been out for some of it Abiga's been out for some of it Tiendal is played for some of it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Raglan's only just come back from injury. Yes, he's gone out on loan. Um, but is is there that? We have a well, lot of injuries, haven't we? Yeah, rough well. I think if I was, <laughs> if I were in court and I was Pep's defence counsel, I would say the injuries you've just said. But you know, we're not in an awful league position. We've had some good results. We've scored a fair few amount of goals. Yeah. Um, I wasn't devastated when Pep got sacked, but I was I was surprised at the board's decision because, and I know this seems to be illegal to say this now to compare this to Appleton's first season, but th- th- I'm sorry there are comparisons that that should be looked at. That um, Appleton was clearly given a lot more time than Pep has been given. I think yes. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Doesn't that make you think there is something else to it? It's not just well, absolutely. But as far as we know right now at this point on Thursday night. I don't know. I, I, as I say, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't. Anyway, Fraser just shrugged. That's I am in court. Aren't I? Can the record reflect that the uh, defendant shrugged? Objection. You can definitely. It can be said, Fraser, <laughs> that uh, the signings we made in the summer do not fit the current model of the club, which is to get in young players, get them to do a job. And sell them on. But were the I know we needed some experience, but some experience doesn't count for the amount of older players and the lack of younger players we got in. But were the signings a massive surprise to Darrell Wales? Did he not know before they were signed that we were signing these people? He woke up and ran downstairs like it was Christmas. Oh no, was it there? Was it there? But you know. He knew who we were signing before we signed them. He he got his checkbook out and said, yeah. Absolutely, but he's got to his second transfer window and sacked him two weeks well, yeah. ago. It, that might you know. be. I mean, there was, there was this talk of them going on a on a scouting mission and yeah. again it, the, the, conjecture. But you might exactly. just uh, something might have happened on that mission. It uh, might have been that, that whole, Pep wanted to sign a certain type of player, and Daryl was like, "No, we're going back to yeah. this model," and it might have 
possibly their relationship, I'm again guessing, yeah. but might have sort of broken a little bit yeah. at that point after we've not been playing well. You know, we had some poor results over Christmas, the Wigan game, everything like that. Yeah. And then maybe Pep is still not prepared to take on board that we want to get younger, hungry players in mm. and go back to that model, which did work eventually under yeah, Appleton. It did work, yeah. you know, to start with, we struggled. That first yeah. season, like we discussed earlier, before we went on air, we discussed, <laughs> and, you know, Appleton's first season in charge, it wasn't, a, you know, he didn't sign perfect players all the way through. He did you know, And he inherited some, a mess. Let's, yeah, let's be yeah. Honest. but equally he inherited a side that under Wilder had performed very well. They, the players just weren't suited to the way Appleton wanted to play. Yeah, there were a lot of players that were, yes, we signed, you know, in the transfer window, you know, the likes of, of Bolduck and Roof on loan and, and mm. in that January. But you look at some of the players, Richard Brindley, anyone remember him? Oh, Richard Brindley. You know, and... Yeah. and John Calvin, Nangeli, yeah, and um, remember Will, him? Will oh. Hoskins, you know, the one who scored with his face at Crawley, uh, George Waring, George Waring, yeah. you know. So it wasn't, that was a good it, goal. you know, Appleton <laughs> yeah. didn't get it right every time. Well, we no, we remember the ones that I mean, did work. Yeah. He brought in yeah. really quick, yeah. and then and he got rid of the first. But the thing Appleton was given in abundance was time. Yeah, and and. I can't think what but the stat was you found earlier. We were five points off the drop with yeah, how many games left? With about eight or nine games to go. or, or Yeah, we were, we were still... Say, it was I wasn't gutted that Clotet left. I just think that there are differences in yeah, way, the way, way the board approached it, which, so like, like you say, yeah. makes you think something more is afoot. Yeah, you know. I think... I think Daryl trusted, perhaps at the time as well, we still had Ashton involved. Yeah, I think Ashton um, was a big defender yeah. of Appleton, wasn't it? It was right his man, to wasn't it? Yeah. And right to do so, because it worked in the end. It, yeah. you know, but when Appleton came in, he twitchy. had a lot more to do as well, because mm. you didn't have that, well, so this player's gone, or this player's injured, you could have this player, this player, this player, this player, like Pep has yeah. at the, you know, when he came in. He had had nothing in place like that it the scouting was you know people who I've played for or, or played or have played under me mm. I've seen play yeah. that sort of thing now there there is a process in place that he had to put in place yeah um him Ashton and Eels and that model was already in place so Pep he just had to carry on mm. doing that mm. plus one or two of his own contacts so, uh, so, I would say that he had a lot easier jobs, harsh, but it, the job was more complete when he came in mm. than Appleton. And with Appleton, he there was always he was always getting better. I mean, let's be honest, Pep's PR was disastrous. It was. He didn't know how to do post-match interviews. I'm not saying you've got to come out every week and slag the players off something chronic, but when you've as you say, broken the club's record defeat, you've at least got to come out and say that that's not acceptable. And the thing is as well, yeah. it, before come he comes out and talks to the press, he can be in the changing room, well, exactly. he can say to the players you know, whatever he wants to say. If he thinks they play well, lads, you've played quite well, or yeah. well, you didn't, but you, you know he can say that. Yeah. And he's then going to say, but I've got to go out and talk to the press, yeah. and after a 7-0 defeat, I'm going to lay into you. But, yeah. but don't take it to heart, or whatever it might, you know, if he oh. genuinely believes they did what he asked them to do, then you go and talk to the press and go, no, that wasn't good enough. Apology to the fans. We'll yeah. work hard in training to put it right. Yeah. Knowing that you're not, you know, 
slagging your players off. But he's he's also he didn't Without he didn't slag the players off after after the loss. I and mean, slag uh, yeah, slag them off isn't the terminology that we all mean. But um, but he did a couple of weeks before go. Well, let's remember that before I came in, I was told that none of our players would be sold, and then he went and sold John Lundstrom and and Marvin Johnson. Well, there, that's there, a very irresponsible thing to do about lot, your boss. There were a lot of quotes from him in in the last few weeks or months. I thought that's a brave thing to say. Well, yeah, very is the only reading this, which like you say, <laughs> yeah. maybe hints at yeah. a, a breakdown of the yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. between the chairman and the manager, and. And perhaps it, so. Maybe it, it maybe was given the shush wasn't it just to the fans, no, but to it, the directors as well. Quite, yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's fact then. <laughs> <laughs> right now we've talked about all of that. Uh, let's talk about management and who would we like to replace Pep? A uh, few names in the hat at the moment. Um, anyone that you particularly like or anyone that you think would be worth considering? There were some great ones on the phone in before. Hello, Jerome. Saunders. The little joke we do on here where I pretend to do a phone in. <laughs> Which we were right, today. Yeah. And then we would go, oh, yeah, that's just an inflated sort of thing. That's not really what happens. Listen to that. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Yes. Okay. Uh, my favourite suggestion was Jim Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Which my nan also suggested, but my nan's eighty and yeah. she um, she doesn't follow football at all. She's just heard of Jim Smith. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was brilliant. And actually, Twitter during that phone in was the most united I've seen Oxford fans since we went yeah. up to leave one. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. But anyway, any any serious suggestions? I mean, well, people keep saying Simon Grayson, don't they? Yeah, but I, don't, I read that he, he turned down the MK job because he he was holding out for a championship. Yeah, job, so, so that was in the in the paper, I think. So I don't. Oh, it must be true. Well, exactly. I think well, unless yeah. you make him a really attractive offer, like you're going to have quite a lot of budget or whatever. I can't see why he would. Yeah. No. Come down to our level. Um, we did find out, didn't we, that um, Frank Lampard was did have a discussion last summer. Yeah, it sounded very brief, though, didn't it? Yeah. it wasn't an interview. It was more. Would you be interested? That sort of thing. Yeah. Over. You know. <laughs> it could have just been. Were you interested? No. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. But yeah. from the sounds of it, he's you know he's happy with what he's doing. Oh, good. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but if he was in the hat and he had applied this time, I very much doubt he'd go. Yeah, I am interested. I've mm. I've applied for it, mm. and I'm yeah. very hopeful. I think he would go. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I chatted about it last summer. He didn't actually mention no. whether he's interested this time, whether he's been spoken to this time. He just said, "I spoke to Dave James in the summer, but that was as far as it went, really." Yeah. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's possible. But after an inexperienced manager, a very experienced coach, but mm. an inexperienced manager, do we want someone who's who's got that experience? Appleton didn't have. A great track record, did he? No. He he had a no. He a, went into sinking ships, you know, didn't he? It, he? He did. He, he chose very poorly, you know, and he admitted that himself. You know that he, he I think he'd spoken to Ferguson before he came to us. Mm. Who sort of said you know, they so, did beat me two one yeah. in my first game. In charge of <laughs> yeah, so going there. But I think Fergie sort of told him to, you know. Do choose research. the next one far more wisely. Don't just go to clubs because you've heard of them almost. It was like, make sure you choose a club that's going to work. And he chose work. not Do to you? listen to them and went to Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
we can. Uh, we've had play, uh, going back to the Jerome phone in. I I was one of the ones that did phone in. I didn't suggest Dean Saunders or Jim Smith. Mount but no, but we. You go back to oh, it must be someone with experience in this division, not like Brian Tolbert maybe or you know where we appointed him he had experience that this, at the level we were at at the time didn't work Appleton yeah. came in who didn't have experience at the level we were at whose experience was with clubs that hadn't, he hadn't really worked for him mm. he'd gone back into coaching and, and youth setups and that sort of stuff and he came to us there was a little bit of I'm not sure about this fellow look at his background and mm. yeah yes he got Saw the time his arms and went, actually yeah, yeah, he's yeah, fine don't tell him <laughs> But, but he was given that time and it worked for him. And, and I think sometimes you get the right manager at the club at the right time. It suits, you know, a manager suits a club. And Appleton suited us. I think he, he embraced living in the area. He was quite sort of out and about in the area as well. You know, he was approachable. I think actually the, the he, guy that got us promoted from the conference is a good example of that. Yeah. When he came in, he was the right person for the job. Yes. And when well, he, the left, time he left, it he, was the right yeah. time to go. Yeah. Um, possibly even a, a touch too late, but he'd mm. done what he could do with the budgets he had. Yeah. I mean, we can see now, if money was given to him, yeah. <laughs> we'd be oh, fine now. Yeah. But yeah. He, he didn't have that. He moved on, he did different things um, and, and did very well. It was the right time for Appleton to come in, as you mm. said. Um, so, what, so what is right now? It's, it's really difficult to say. <clears throat> I think another interesting point is that what the current backroom staff are mostly, if I'm not mistaken, all Appleton appointments. Do we bring another manager in to work with people who were brought in by the guy two managers ago? I mean, I'm not saying I don't know anything about if that this is the setup, that this is the case, but there are surely, you know, as you have in any workplace, there is when a new boss comes in, there's a group of people they might come in and manage who are very much of the. We've always done things a certain way around here. Not a bullying way, but uh, uh, maybe a certain stubbornness. Now, I'm not, I don't know anyone. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not suggesting that. But I think it's a high possibility. And eventually, when Appleton came in, Mickey Lewis was eventually shown the door. Andy Melville was shown the door fairly early on. Is that anything because wrong. the quality of the, play, of the coaching stuff, you know, if you, no disrespect to Mickey Lewis, if you're replacing Mickey Lewis with Derek Fazakali, yeah. That's a that's an upgrade. If you've got people like Dan Bond and Scott Daly and Prox, you know, all those they're very well regarded, I think. You know, they certainly you know, they've they've they did very well for Appleton. I think they, they clearly know what they're doing. Perhaps at this level it's less like, you know, if, if Mourinho goes somewhere he takes all the people that he's ever worked with. Mm. I think perhaps at a higher level there's more of a team yeah. thing where managers go with, with the team that they know and trust. At lower levels, it's perhaps less, slightly less. Yeah, I guess I, so, yeah. I guess it depends on the manager. If the manager yeah. that we do appoint has been out of work for any length of time or comes from a club where his backroom staff are staying... There's not a lot of leverage no, to, yeah, no, it's a bit yeah, of a, to demand that. But yeah. also, you, you said it in a, in a very true way, but you might not be talking from the right angle um, because they all came in with map for eels so i would say eels did the over overall on on it all um and ashton obviously brought in for Zachary, uh, promoted alan changed things around uh, bond was already there wasn't he the analyst um but it changed the youth setup did all of that i think it's all happened happened under eels right yeah. so 
does that mean they're looking for a kind of Appleton-shaped <laughs> um, filler for for the hole that he vacated? Which is what which we should case, be doing, is it? It's not There's healthy, been talk you know. of, of takeover for I don't know how long now. If that's on the card soon, do you just wait until that comes in and see what they want mm. to do? They might go, right, let's carry on exactly as we have, keep everyone, just get a manager in, or they might, everyone out, and, and start again. So yeah. there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> Would people be pro or, or con? Tiger, I think, is the, is the person that people presume is going to take over because he's been seen at a fair few games. Are we, are we for that change? I mean, it's so hard to tell, isn't it? Because when, when Darrell Eels first came in, actually, the name we heard first was Mark Ashton before we knew anything about who Darrell Eels was. Yeah, we heard nightmares and, about him. And, and we? we did. And yeah. if you Googled him at the time, it was that he was siphoning cash off into another account when he was at other clubs. So it built properties in the corner and sell yeah, off land and, and, and all yeah, sorts. Yeah, I remember all that. And and what you what actually happened was that it, history seemed to tell it now that he was actually the key to the long term success of, of yeah. that era of the football club, and he's now doing quite well at Bristol, Bristol City. City. Yeah. So it, it's so easy to to judge these people before they're here. You know, people will look at Tiger and think, "Oh, what's his what's his interest in our club?" You know, we're a third tier. Uh, English football club, why is he that interested? And, you know, I don't know, it's so hard to know, isn't it, what people's intentions well, yeah, are? But I, I'd say it's made easier by the fact we are third tier, we don't own our own stadium, we, yeah. you know, our assets we've just managed to hold on to throughout a transfer window, and that's it. If they go 25 miles down the road, yeah, Wickham are a, a, um, a division below, but they've got their own stadium. Yeah. But, you know, there are clubs that own their own stadiums, basically. That's a big asset. They own their own training facilities. That's a big asset. Oxford don't have those. Yeah. So the only way to make money from Oxford, short of selling everything, which isn't a long-term solution, is getting promoted. Mm -hmm. So if someone is coming in and they're not doing it properly, then they're a fool. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I would say it's as simple as that. So d would we, I'd be pro... Pro change because I think it's a bigger pot of money, and I think that's the next thing we need. Um, and a bigger pot of money would not be looking at. You're assuming it's going to be a bigger pot of money. From everything that's rumoured to be, from yeah. Uh, it, I mean, but yeah, I am it, assuming. It's, yeah, I think Daryl's done a, a good job. I think he's getting criticism at the moment because the club communication's gone very quiet. Whereas Daryl used to be far more vocal, used to be in the press a lot, used to be when he was still, he was on the on in with the away fans at, um, at Walsall. Walsall yeah. You know, the so he's still there. He's less that, perhaps though, in it? the media. Mm. It, it might, yeah, but I, I wouldn't be unhappy if he stayed. You know, if we get no. the right manager in and Daryl gets his mojo back and kind of reinvigorates and gets back to the to the. Sort of the owner that he was a, a yeah. year, eighteen months ago, when he looked like he was really enjoying it. And I think yeah, the, the tail end of the fifteen, sixteen season yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess well, I, it was perhaps that's that was always going to be difficult to to live up to. You know that there were so many special moments. That it's season. much easier. You, it takes a lot less money to get promoted from League, League Two than yeah. League One. And then, of course, if you do get promoted mm. from League One, you've got the championship yeah. to deal with. And Daryl's been open and admitted well, that he probably yeah. couldn't fund us in the championship, mm. but he could fund us at League One, he said, all day long. 
yeah, to to make money out of a club, you've got to be successful on the pitch. There's yeah. no, you're right. There's no way of making financial gains mm. from Oxford United unless you're successful on the pitch because it's very, you know, the only one making any money out of us at the moment is probably Firoz. Yeah, yeah, I'd have because so. of the it's mm. it's all down to the ownership of the stadium and if that changes in some way. But so you're right. So whoever comes in, they've if we're not successful on the pitch, they're not going to make any money. So they're going to lose money. So and it, as, it's as a business silly, people, surely you would know going into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, what they're letting themselves in for. And you can't even go in and go, no, we're going to do it properly. If it doesn't work out, we do have assets to sell. Mm. Yeah. There's there nothing. No. All of that aside, um, the other day I tweeted and said, listen to the podcast on the way to the Charlton game. I think we've got uh, a wonderful opportunity as fans um, to show Massinho and Williamson and Henry and Moet and all these players that have come and joined the club and have seen quite negative um, support. Obviously, mm. it's not support if it's negative, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, a negative fan base. We've got to show them that that's not what Oxford United are. Oxford United have brilliant fans. I think the away fans are better than the home fans, partly because of the stadium. Um, but I think it's got to be 90 minutes singing against Charlton, against Rovers, um, and then it's Rotherham after that and just keep it up yeah. as much as and can. And Plymouth at home. We've yes. got two, uh, kind of the Rotherham on a Tuesday night it'll be you know a bit of a hardcore following there because it's it's a long way on a Tuesday night yeah I think we've not had many the, the sort of we've got three away games coming up after that as well we've got Wimbledon Northampton and Pompey which are good away days it's come perhaps at a good time you know the manager's gone we've got one or two five players in in this transfer window all five have played for England at various youth levels they all look like really good prospects they're not perhaps all going to play yet but there's a bit of positivity. Eastwood hasn't gone. Rothwell hasn't gone. Letton hasn't gone. Three players that we were, you know, over so the last month about. really worried that they might go. And it's well, almost them not going is as important as the players coming in. Yeah. You know, the, we've we've retained the players that we were worried about losing. We've brought in players who will hopefully add something to it. And we've then got a nice local London-based away day on a Saturday afternoon that is easy to go to, have a few beers, and, and enjoy. A, a decent crowd, a decent stadium, and get behind them, and and almost right. Let's forget what's gone on before. Yeah, Pep, Pep's gone. If we didn't like Pep, he's gone now, and get sort of wipe the slate clean and start again. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, there could be a new it. manager watching on. Yeah. Who, or even appointed by them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 we don't have know. to underlay some Braveheart music to that. <laughs> 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 Okay, and we have Fraser on the phone. Yeah. Hello, Fraser. Hello, Jerome. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Fraser. What would you like to say? Right, well, my biggest concern is we got to get Appleton out. You know, he, he's not been putting on his weight for a long old time now. He's got to go. He's got to go, mate. I've had it with him. I'm done. Uh, well, well, actually, we've, we've, just, we've just lost a manager. Super? What? Who? Uh, we've just lost Pep Clotet. Who's that? He's, uh, he came in to replace Appleton. Replace him to do what? As manager. When was that? Uh, it's during the summer. Well, I ain't been in about four years, so I would, you know, cut cut me a bit of slack, Jerome. All right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, who would you like to see in to replace? Right. Well, I reckon Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders. Yeah. Um, 
what is it about him you you particularly like? Well, um, he he knows the game. He knows the game. He knows the league. He knows what football is, and uh, he once waved at me. So credentials. <laughs> okay. Um, so presumably that was when you when you came along to the games. Yes. Um, yeah. So. No, I, I I've been to one game before. Okay, yeah. and it was with Saunders, um, what, playing? Well, no, he was just in the crowd as a guest. But, you know, I thought, there's a man who knows the game. And my mate said he'd be good, so I, I thought, well, that's good enough. Okay, um, any, anyone else? We've got a few names in the hat at the moment. We've got uh, Grayson, we've got Warburton. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, Jim Smith, uh, yeah. Um, I reckon my mate down the road could give it a crack, because uh, he writes a lot on Facebook. and who, so. Who is your mate down the road? Well, he's a guy I know, but the thing is, he's always saying, you know, how he knows a lot about football. So, and that's what we need, a man who knows the game. That's what I'm saying. OK, well, well maybe that is worth a go. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, I'm not. Then. Yeah, all right. See ya. Bye. Bye. So we actually, uh, for the first time in podcast, well, not podcast history, in defence end podcast history, we've got a competition. Um, so I've been in contact with uh, with Bino. Um, anyone who doesn't know that is, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Uh, James Constable is um, sort of giving away uh, some of his training tra- track suits, and he's given one to us um, and said that we can we can give it away as a prize. Which is which is brilliant. Firstly, congratulations, James Constable, expecting a little girl. Um, he announced recently. Um, right. So, what you need to do to win this this tracksuit is because um, he he doesn't want to make any money from it, but he would like to do good with it. So, what we've uh, come up with is um, there are a list of three charities. If you um, make a a five pound donation to either of or to any of these three charities, uh, you only have to do one, but but pick the one that that you would most like to do. Then take a screenshot of of your um of your screen, having donated, um which which shows that that's gone through. And then uh, tweet the Fence End podcast. You can tag Beano in it if you like, um but make sure you have the hashtag Oxford Number Nine, um. And then a winner will be selected from that. So the three charities you can choose from are Mind, um, Sobel House, uh, which is a hospice, obviously, um, or the OUFC Community Trust. Just pick one, make a £5 donation, send us the screenshot of that, and uh, make sure you add the hashtag. Good luck, and uh, and we'll be giving that away soon. Um, once a, a winner has been chosen at random, they'll be contacted via direct message on, on Twitter and we'll get details to get that tracksuit to you. Thanks very much, Bino, and, and thanks and good luck to you lot. Right, cool. Well, uh, thanks very much for listening. Um, that is it from us. And we'll be back to speak to you soon, pr- probably with a new manager <laughs> and uh, possibly a new owner. That is on the cards. Uh, But the same old fans. But the same old fans. Um, Cool. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 Bye.